1: You guys, remember when Heidi Klum was just a giant worm for Halloween and she just kind of like wiggled her way down the red carpet at her own Halloween party? Just a worm. That's that's kind of how I feel right now. Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you- What is up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, what is up? What's new? We have so much to talk about, you guys. By the time this episode comes out, the cast recording for the original musical, Figaro, is officially dropped. It is streaming everywhere you listen to music. You guys, uh, I mean, I just featured the show on, on the pod, so if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to me talking to Will and Ashley about the creation of their beautiful musical. But now you can fully listen to the album and it is, I'm so proud of it, you guys. It's so beautiful. Kaylee Capaldi, I will die for you. I would lay on the train tracks for to, to drink a sip of your voice. But truly, I'm just so, so beyond grateful to be included in this album. This is the first time that I have seen my name and heard my voice streaming on Apple Music, which is so bizarre. Well, apart from the podcast, obviously. But um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's really strong and we get to do a world premiere concert on March 4th. So um, if you guys don't have tickets, haha, sorry, it's sold out, bitch. But you can watch the live stream. So get tickets to the live stream. Um, I'll put the link in the description of this episode, but it's at the Green Room 42 on March 4th at 7 p.m. And I hope to, if not see you there in person, see you there on your little streamy face, whatever that means. Okay. And with that, you guys, we got to dive right into this week's Broadway World recap brought to you by my lovely friends at broadwayworld.com. Okay. Okay. You guys. Uh, okay. We're starting strong because There's something happening that is a little controversial, a little kooky crazy. And my my first update for you guys was going to be that the incredible play, Jeremy O'Harris' incredible play, Slave Play, is going to play The West End, which is phenomenal, an incredible theatrical opportunity. This play is one of the most beautiful and thought-provoking pieces of theater I have ever had the privilege of seeing, so that in itself, I, I was thrilled to get to share that, you know, this this incredible news that this show is going to London. However, the prime minister of the UK has just called the Blackout Nights two two performances. Where, where, OK, I'm getting ahead of myself. Slave Play has had Blackout Nights. They had them on the Broadway run, and now they're going to have them on the West End, which are nights specifically geared toward an audience of all Black-identifying people, meaning the entire audience is a community that is safe and free from the white gaze and the white perspective in the room while watching such an incredible and important story intrinsic to the Black experience. Okay, that's amazing. Yes, obviously. So now Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is saying that he believes that these events are wrong and divisive and that he believes that the arts should be an inclusive and open place for everyone, particularly where those arts venues are in receipt of public funding. Now, darling Diva Deer, we're not saying no one who is not Black identifying is allowed in the theater. Nobody said that. Why would anyone look at that opportunity for the black community and think that takes away from my ability to see the show? It's it, This is two performances out of like a 16 week run on the West End. Girl, black people can have the space they deserve. I don't get like this prime minister is a person of color. It, it, he's the first Asian Prime Minister, it's amazing. Congratulations, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, on (coughs) being the first Asian Prime Minister of Britain. However, this, like, what are what are we talking about here? And again, all of this being said, I am obviously white as a toilet. So this is clearly, you know, an outside perspective. This is my white perspective. But I just, I I don't understand how you could look at something like gearing a show, one performance or two performances toward the Black community. This show is written by and for Black people. What's not clicking? The incredible playwright Jeremy O'Harris, who I would absolutely die to have on this podcast, first introduced Blackout Nights during the production of Slay Play on Broadway. And it was literally the first time in history that all 804 seats of the Golden Theater, Broadway's Golden Theater, were occupied by black identifying audience members. Like this this access and this inclusion is so needed. It's incredible and the fact that they they want to do that for the black community in the UK and specifically in London, it's so important. And I think like deeming it as divisive is more divisive than allowing a space a safe place for black people to celebrate their own heritage and their own existence i guess it's just a no-brainer to me and i'm disappointed by the prime minister's views on this but um anywho the producers responded to this and said the broadway production conceived of blackout nights and we are carefully considering how to incorporate this endeavor as part of two performances in our 13-week run okay i was wrong 13 not 16 but still and then they say we will release further details soon To be absolutely clear, no one will be prevented or precluded from attending any performance of slave play because, duh. But also, who in their right mind, who who in their white mind, is going to look at that and be like, well, I should go on a blackout night. No, we're giving the space to the black community. Duh. Anyway, I'll get off my freaking soapbox now, but God, this pissed me off. But also, it's not even a soapbox because this is a podcast and I can say whatever I want because it's mine and not yours. So, ha. Anyway, next up, you guys, we got the kooky, crazy casting announcement that none other than Jinx Monsoon is going to play Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway. You guys, this, this is insane. This is before she comes back to play Mama Morton in Chicago on Broadway again. But I am I am thrilled for Jinx. Apart from being an amazing performer, she's just an amazing person. And I really am excited because I feel like this is the first time. I mean, say what you want about her playing Mama Morton. I, I you know, people have said it's it's sticky. It's a thing, you know, just to get it's a stunt cast or whatever. But like, I feel like this putting Jinx in this role kind of changes the game because it's not. It's not a joke. We're not saying, look who we got to be in our show and be the lead. Like, Jinx is an amazing performer, and this is a big-ass important role, and she's going to kill it, and she gets to do it alongside Corbin Blue as Seymour and James Carpinello as the dentist. Like, come on. I mean, clearly, it was not lost on anyone how much of an impact Jinx had at Chicago the first time around so I'm sure that Little Shop is over the moon to have someone who is clearly going to bring in a huge audience and a lot of money but at the same time they're taking her seriously she's not being considered the drag queen who gets to come in and you know kickball change and that's it like she's gonna she's gonna act this role down you guys I'm, I'm just so excited for her. And lastly, you guys, we got the beautiful first look photos from BroadwayWorld.com of the new production at La Jolla Playhouse starring Idina Menzel titled Redwood. The show is written and directed by Tony Award nominee Tina Landau, iconic, with music by Kate Diaz and lyrics by Landau and Diaz together. And it's conceived by Landau and Menzel with additional contributions by Adina Menzel, which is very exciting. I think this is the first time that she's really had a big hand in creating a show and a role for herself. And... I'm just so intrigued by this. The story looks beautiful. It's about a woman sort of like rediscovering herself and there's a chance encounter that changes her whole life as she enters the actual redwood forest in California. And the photos of this production at La Jolla look absolutely beautiful. I mean, how could you not do a, a redwood forest on stage? Are you kidding me? Incredible. I guess the show has sights for Broadway. I would love to see that happen. Not only to have Adina back on stage, but anytime there's new original works coming to Broadway, I'm excited. And the show is currently running at La Jolla until March 31st. So don't forget to check out those amazing photos at broadwayworld.com. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh, my pod, you guys. I am so... Oh, my
0: pod. Oh, my pod, you guys.
1: (laughs) Yes, a theater girly. I'm so excited to introduce my next guest on the show. He is a star of the big screen, the small screen, and now the Broadway stage. Please welcome Mr. Jonathan Bennett. Hello, hello, hello. God, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to chat with
0: you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God, <laughs> you guys. Come on. Come on. Legally Blonde. Yes. Come
1: on, let's go. Oh my God. Of course. If, uh, you are a musical theater girly through and Let through. Let me
0: tell you the story of when I met Laura Bell Bundy. So I was at the Pantages sing Kinky Boots and Jerry Mitchell was there. And it was the first time I met Jerry Mitchell. He walked up to me cause I'd just been on Dancing with the Stars and I was a huge fan of his. And he came up to me and said, do you, do you know that I voted for you? I'm dancing with the stars. And I was like, oh, my God, Jerry Mitchell knows who I am. And then secondly, I started telling him how obsessed with Legally Blonde I was. And he goes, well, you know, Laura Bell Bundy's right over there. Do you want to meet her? And I was like, no, because I'm so nervous I can't. And so he's like, let me introduce you. So I walked over to her, and the only thing that came out of my mouth was – because I was so nervous, I go, when I get married, I want to come out of the floor of my wedding in a pink box like you do in Legally (laughs) Blonde. That's all I said to her, because I couldn't muster anything else. And I'm sure she loved it. She loved it, and then fast forward, Jerry Mitchell just came to see me in Spamalot on Broadway, because we became friends after, and came to uh give me his stamp of approval and it was a very fun full circle moment and he uh we had, we had a blast
1: fantastic well you mentioned it we have to talk about your broadway debut let's go in spamalot the musical what what how first of all how excited are you i mean you seem to obviously have a love for musical theater, but this is such a special show. I mean,
0: yeah, of course. Like, it's, well, it's like, you get, like, two for, you get, like, a two for one. Like, you, you're you you getting to make your Broadway debut, which is something I've dreamed about since I was five years old. I've always wanted to be on Broadway. It's been my dream of my life. I'm the biggest musical theater freak. And, like, I can and I can meet any celebrity. I can meet, like, Steve Martin. I can meet Eugene Levy. I can meet all these people that I do film and TV with. And I don't even, like... Bad an eye or like get starstruck or anything right. you put me in a room with an alpha <laughs> and i turn into like a six-year-old that can't speak and like i have word vomit and i just like talk so fast and i say the worst things and so like th- f- to be on broadway is literally a dream come true it's something i've wanted my whole life so i'm pinching myself but then i pinch myself again the fact that i'm on stage with not only are you doing not only are you doing Broadway, you're doing Spamalot, Monty Python Spamalot mm-hmm. at the St. James Theater, and then let's top it. Let's say, okay, your your cast that you're going to be acting with and doing scenes with are James Monroe, Leslie Kritzer, Nick Walker, Chris Fitzgerald, uh, Ethan Slater, Ridiculous. Alex Brightman. <laughs> like, like you're going to just go do a scene with Alex Brightman on stage. No big <laughs> deal. Like, it's just insane, and yes. like the, the it's just. The show is such uh, it's, I say it's lightning in a bottle. Like, not many people, not, not many shows I've ever been to on Broadway that have this, like, kinetic lightning in a bottle energy to it. Because you never know what Alex Brightman's going to say every night. The other night, he started quoting the the Caltean bar scene from Mean Girls on stage. <laughs> like, ah. and the audience just went crazy and was lit. And it's like, what is my life?
1: Seriously. And the role that you get to play, Sir Robin, is my my absolute favorite role in the show. But, like, to make it this far into your career and then to get to play a role like this in the revival of a Broadway show, it's just incredible. I'm just, like, I'm so excited to see you do it. I've seen the show, but I haven't seen you in it yet, so I you can't You have to come wait. back
0: and see it. Yes,
1: it's it's going to be so fun. So tell me, what was your road to this show? Did you know um when the show, like, came to Broadway that, that you had the potential Not to join?
0: It was literally... It happened a week before Christmas. I get the phone call from my agent, and she's like, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. They want you to to come in and replace Michael spam a Spamalot on Broadway. And I was like, that's not real. Like, that's clearly <laughs> a joke. And she's like, no, no. And within, like, two hours, I was on a Zoom with Josh Rhodes, the director, running lines. And basically, literally, like, ran a few scenes with him on Skype, and he... You know, then they're like, okay, great. Thank you so much. We'll we'll get back to you. And I was like, I can't go through the holidays not knowing if this is happening (laughs) or not. Like, it's not okay. So Christmas Eve, we get the phone call that the deal is closed and it's official and we're going to do it. And my husband and I are leaving on the two days later to come host Times Square New Year's Eve in New York. Mm -hmm. So literally I freaked out. And then... on Christmas Day, we were packing our life for four months because we left the next day. And it was like, what do we need? What do we need to pack? What? How much clothes do we need? Where are we staying? So it was just this chaotic, like, thing. And then you land in New York City, and we go and host Times Square and have all of our rehearsals for New Year's Eve. And that's a wild ride and crazy. And then that finally ends. And I'm like, wait, now we just stay and do Spam a lot. Yeah, Like, <laughs> what a random experience. Like, I, there's no words for it. Like, it's what happens. what do you, like, to quote Galinda, happy is what happens when all your dreams come true, isn't it? Well, isn't it? Like, <laughs> uh, yes, it is. It's just like, what do you do when your dream comes true?
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little
0: or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launcher Online Shop stage... All the way to the we just hit a million
1: orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/special offer. All lowercase. That's Shopify.com/special offer.
0: Yeah, it's a very weird feeling. Absolutely, because you're like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> now I have to do it. Now I have to sit in it. Yeah, and so and so it's been absolutely amazing and i've definitely been bit by the musical theater bug on broadway and this will not be my last broadway show this is just the beginning we are going to pursue this and keep it going because hell yes i would not i there's no place i'd rather be than on that stage and when you get to stand center stage at the saint james and sing an entire number about how much you love broadway on broadway (laughs) as sir robin like like, what more do you want? Truly, like, what's it, better? That, it's it. So so
1: tell me, the the musical element of it, was that something that was new for you? Or, I mean, because obviously you have the acting chops down. I but grew like... up
0: doing musical theater. So I was like Seymour and Little Shop of Horrors. I was Jay Pierpont in How to Succeed in Business. I was in West Side Story. I, was in, I was in all the musicals in high school. I was the lead of all the musicals in high school growing up and in college. And then I majored in acting at otterbein which had a musical theater program and we were in that so like i had done it i just hadn't done it in 20 years Mm -hmm. and so so it was like dusting off the wheels and like getting back on the bike and like a week into rehearsal i was like oh right that's what it sounds like when you sing like okay so (laughs) it was there it just needed to be reminded
1: sure and so then when when you say you know i mean i i of course saw the video of you and your sweet husband when you like told him the news that you got the job but um sort of like in the world of just like uprooting yourself, you know, you sort of like put roots down in LA or wherever, and then you get this call that you're going to like change your whole life for however long. What were you ready? Like, had you, do you know New York? Like the way that you have to know it now? To I live here? lived
0: here. I lived here when I was on all my children back in like 2000 Okay, or like 2001. And so I lived in New York. I moved to New York to be on Broadway when I was, 19 or 20 years old um i moved to New york to be on broadway and then because i booked to the soap opera and then started doing film and tv i just kind of never scratched that itch kind of like went just down that path and it never became something that i thought was going to happen because you're like okay well you know your career went a different way and you're grateful for it and it's a blessing and you love it but there's always that itch in the back you're mind of like, God, I really want to be on Broadway. Right. I really want to do musical theater because that's what I, I, you can take the musical theater kid out of the theater, but you can't take the musical theater <laughs> out of the kid, right? Like we're like we're all just like James Monroe, uh, I go hard, like everyone backstage, no matter who you are, or what, how many Tonys you win or whatever, like you're still, You every time we stand backstage and it's about to start the show, you turn into your 16 year old musical theater nerd self and everyone's just trying to you know make each other laugh and everyone's <laughs> extra trying to do a bit trying to, you, know, you just become those theater kids yes
1: oh my god we gotta get you in chicago the musical next stunt
0: cast uh, that's Billy what i Flynn. said i go next stop chicago the musical yes! and uh i want to play i want to play corny collins and hairspray i want to be seymour in little shop yeah like, there's so many things i want to do so we're gonna keep the train going oh
1: my god incredible well <laughs> i can't wait. I. Chicago the musical was my debut, and the fact that uh, you
0: want to do that show, I'm like, of course, come on over. <laughs> so, I said, and I, I was asking some of the dancers in our show because we have probably one of the most talented ensembles I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, they're just pure heaven. Um, I was like, what's the hardest show you've ever done? And I was expecting them to say like so other shows. All of them go. Not all of them. Majority of them go Spamalot. Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> I was like, this is the hardest. And I'm like, if I got... If this is your first show, like, like to start to have this be your debut, but then have to, like, stand on stage and do the Broadway number in Act 2, like, once you do that, like, every other role... Well, I mean, like, I did Broadway and Spamalot. Like, that is... That is a... It is an eight-minute song with right. the fastest it's lyrics, and, you know, it's just so much. So it's like, you know... It's not that to say the other roles are easy. It's not. It's just, like the work ethic has been instilled of like, if you can get through that number eight nights a week, you have the work ethic to be totally. able to handle it.
1: Well, plus you know? th- that ensemble is not big. So they, like when it's an ensemble number, everybody in the ensemble is there. Everybody's
0: singing. They're yeah. all offstage, felt in their face off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. What is your favorite part of the
1: show to do? Is it, is it your oh, number? There's,
0: yeah, obviously my favorite part of the show to do is my number, Broadway in act two. But I really love the monologue that I get to say before that, because to get to stand on the St. James Theater and stage and just say out to that beautiful house, Broadway is a very special place, filled with very special people, people who can sing and dance often at the same time. They are a different people, (laughs) a multi-talented people, a people who need people and who are in many ways the luckiest people in the world, <laughs> like, cause you are the luckiest people in the world in that moment, you know? Totally. And so it's just like, it's like my, it's like your therapy that you get to say that every night.
1: Absolutely. And I think that this show specifically, um, and, and this role it sort of gives you license to embrace all aspects of you, whether it's feminine or masculine and, you know, yep. the, sort of like dichotomy of what that means in the world. And I'd love to hear about your experience um, as an openly gay actor, you know, now, obviously making it to, to Broadway, but um, prior to that, because you and your husband were the first gay couple to grace the cover of the not magazine. Like you guys are, are, Making big strides, and
0: we were the we're the first couple to release a same sex engagement and wedding ring at a major retailer. Yes, incredible. Um, We have our own. You know, we we've done. I I was the first person to have a gay led Christmas movie. Right. Um. I was the first person to have a same sex kiss in a Christmas movie. That's insane. We 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 do we do a lot of firsts, and I think, um, it's something that we love doing is saying like, hey, where's, that, where's the space not made for us? Okay, then let's go make sure we make that space for us. Yes. Let's go open the doors so other people can walk exactly, through. Exactly, right? that's, that's what it is. Because it's not for
1: you, it's, it's for and, everyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it, with Sir Robin, you know, he... Uh, I, I, I don't know if Sir Robin's gay. Is he? I don't know. And I... The thing is, I, he... He embraces musical theater, but he also embraces, you know, being a knight, Nighthood. even though he's afraid to fight. <laughs> like, so it's like, it's like, it's, it, it reminds me of like, you remember when you were in high school and like the, like you'd be doing a musical and like the quarterback of the football team would get cast in the musical. Of course. And he'd be tap dancing and you're like, okay, he's the quarterback, but he's also tap dancing. Mm-hmm. So what's happening here? <laughs> and I think that's the fun of what this character is. There's really no rules to him. Sometimes he's super feminine, sometimes he's super masculine, sometimes he's in between, sometimes he's he's scared, sometimes he's brave, you know. So I think just taking all the different there, there's just no rules to him. Right. And sometimes some nights I play him and he's like this like Fabio Surfer, dumb Robin. <laughs> and sometimes I play him and he's this big old queen Robin. And it just depends <laughs> on what is striking me that night and kind of what comes out. And so it it changes every single night.
1: I love it. So did you always have that desire to sort of like pave the way and and open doors for for queer people throughout your career? It
0: wasn't a desire I ever thought would be a I, it, I no, I never had I I didn't always have the desire and I didn't always have the um the like I never thought I never thought it was going to be part of my path, but then when I met my husband and we started opening doors it became addictive and you're like oh we have to open all the doors now so yeah. it's not something i set out to do but i'm glad that i'm doing it
1: i love it i'm so we're we're all so grateful that you are and Thank that you. you know you can sort of use your your platform and however you want to call it your celebrity to bring, yeah. bring attention to this community obviously spam a lot is not one that is you know wrecking people's minds and breaking hearts and everything but it's bringing no, attention to Broadway. No, I mean we Broadway. don't teach
0: anyone anything when you leave the show. Like, <laughs> they, we're not here to like change your perspective on anything or like teach you a lesson. We're here to do like fart jokes and tap dancing, and you leave having fun. But and that's you know what I mean. What you
1: need there, there has yeah, to be a balance. especially in
0: February and March when it's dreary in New York, like it's the show you want to see in these gloomy months because it'll put you in a good mood for the rest of the week.
1: Yes, totally. So tell me about. I mean, I, of course, have to ta- ask about Mean Girls because this, sure. this sort of like, you know, cult classic now has, has given you this platform to go on to do other things in the world of TV and film and hosting reality TV shows. What did you know going in that that was a movie that was going to basically stay with you forever? Yeah. And
0: people ask us this all the time. And no, we had no clue. Like we were just a bunch of kids shooting a movie with Saturday Night Live people in Canada, like we had no clue this would become the thing it became, right like, like it just we just for their like, we were just kids in Canada being like, "Oh, you want to shoot this movie?" and we just <laughs> did it, and then all of a sudden it became what it was
1: it's wild I mean, I was a fan of uh, Far too young. I should not have been watching it when I did, when it came out. But um, to see it sort of make its evolution, obviously, when it came to Broadway and now with the new iteration of the movie, I just think it's so cool that you guys really did create something just uber original. And it, you get to say that you like hold that legacy and you guys are the original. We started it. Yeah. yeah. We were there.
0: Yeah. We started a movement and it was um, something that. It's just—it's the weirdest thing to be a part of. I'm sure because it's just like I—I I guess I guess the thing is I don't remember life before Mean Girls. Mm. I don't remember what that feels like. Yeah, I don't remember what it feels like to walk into a room and not be Aaron Samuels. Because no matter where you walk into, restaurant, coffee shop, every girl behind the counter is like, "Oh my God, Aaron Samuels is here!" Like, I don't know what it's like to not be Aaron Samuels. Right? I can't—I can't remember to before that. Is it hard to separate it? There is no separation because you just are it. Like you can't separate. Like it's, it is like, you're never not going to be him. Wow. So there's no point in trying. Sure. Like you're just all, you're him.
1: But I feel like then on the flip side, when you do get to be a host on a show, you are billed as you, you're Jonathan yes. Bennett. So that yes. is a different thing. I mean, obviously with like. The I think Network what's fun about and...
0: hosting is like, everyone thinks they knew who I was. And then all of a sudden I started hosting and they're like, oh, my God, that's what Jonathan's like. Like, they think they know me, but it's not true. Right. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. like I mean, it's, they, they, they know the Aaron Samuels version, which couldn't be farther from me if you tried. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I couldn't be any farther from that character as a person if you tried to cast it. Well, like, which also so- is just a testament to your acting. I'm just a phenomenal actor. Really, the <laughs> town, too. Just a exactly. uh, phenomenal acting icon, really. So
1: tell me about, <laughs> tell me about um, Cake Wars and the world of Food Network. My, my, my sis, my sister, Miss Cat McNamara, was on an episode of Cake Wars. And yes, she, of course, course, raved about getting to spend time with you. But tell me, like, what <laughs> did you think that that was okay, going to be here, on right, your here, path? Let me
0: walk you through it. Let me walk you through it. Never have I baked a cake in my life. <laughs> Never have I baked anything in my life. Like, I don't even think I have a baking pan. Um, I did Dancing with the Stars. Food Network saw me do Dancing with the Stars and f- fail miserably because I was a horrible dancer. But they were like, he's really bad at, da- at ballroom dancing, but he makes really funny faces. And I think the kids are going to like it. So they called me up and asked for a meeting, and I met with them. And then a couple weeks later, they were like, we're actually doing a show, Cake Wars. Do you want to host it? And so I started hosting Cake Wars, and then that turned into Christmas Wars, Halloween Wars, Cupcake Wars. It turned into all the wars, and I kind of became the face of their wars. And, you know, kind of – and it fit my personality because I have a lot of energy. I make funny faces, and these shows are about baking, and, you know, it's sugar and sweets and kids and, like – you know, it's just like I liked going on and just being my goofy, quirky self. And the kids loved it. And they were like, oh, he's like a cartoon. And so <laughs> that's kind of how that happened. And then once it started, we just haven't, this just hasn't stopped. There's always a war to be had, whether it be <laughs> cupcakes, a Halloween, holiday pizza, whatever war we can do, a war to anything. <laughs> I love it.
1: So was that what then sort of like opened the door for you to? co-write your cookbook the burn cookbook um
0: yeah i was like how do i monopolize on the fact that i was in mean girls and that i'm on food network and i was like well everyone else has a cookbook on food network i don't cook so how do i make a cookbook and i was like well if i get a chef that's really good at cooking (laughs) i can make the book funny so we collabed with mickey martin and we released the burn cookbook which is an unauthorized unofficial parody cookbook for Mean Girls fans legally. Um, and we wrote this book that has things like white gold hoops, which is a recipe for onion rings. We have, um, it's not regular guac, <laughs> it's school guac. We have, um, she asked me how to spell orange chicken. Like, you know, just all these ridiculous <laughs> recipes. But the, all the food in the book is delicious because it's made by a Food Network chef. And designed by them, and we just made the book fun. So it's, like, your perfect gift for your girlfriend or your boyfriend or the gay in your life that's having a birthday, and you want to get them something. It's just, like, a fun cookbook that has, like, games and quizzes and behind-the-scenes stories, and just – it's just a fun, interactive cookbook that people just really love.
1: I love it. And I – I mean, you know, you said it, but, like, the be able to – to be able to – monopolize on something that you didn't even
0: realize was ever gonna like have an
1: impact for people yeah it's incredible I mean that's like... it was the
0: easiest pitch in the world I walked into a room at uh Hachette Publishing who was our publisher and there were like four girls in the room that were all like 32 years old uh-huh. and I just sat down and I go it's not the burn book it's the burn cookbook and they all just looked at me and they just go, yes. And I'll go, great. 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 And <laughs> Where do I sign? That, and they were like, yep. And it just happened. And they were like, yep,
1: great. Oh my God, incredible. And I mean, Mean Girls, I of course love the movie as a flaming homosexual, obviously. But yeah. um, it even like to get to go on a music video set for Ariana Grande, who just yeah. happened to theme this music video
0: after mean girls like that well that was the phone call that happened weird on thanksgiving too like we got a call from my agent she's like ariana grande wants you to be in her music video and i was like no she doesn't like (laughs) you want like a hot like 22 year old with abs like why why would you want me in your music video like that doesn't make sense and then they said no it's a spoof and i was like oh that makes sense so now i just i got to i got to see ari the other day like she's She's wonderful. Amazing. She's absolutely wonderful.
1: Oh, sure. And then obviously being in the building with Ethan, I'm, that she's probably there often.
0: It's fun. It's fun getting to do her, her. It's just fun getting to play in this whole world, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I'm, I'm, cannot wait to come and see the show. Okay. Also, I have to ask you about being a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. The no, no no, no, no. Let's talk gang. about this.
0: It's not. Okay. You get the phone call. Of oh you're gonna be on RuPaul's Drag Race and you lose your mind, then they say oh by the way it's the snatch game girl then you even lose your mind more and then they say oh by the way the lip sync is Frozen from Broadway, and I'm like <laughs> well I've peaked and I can die now like there's that's it I've done it the gay I've done it all. the
1: gay like extravaganza there, there's kind of nothing it's better like
0: what the gayest episode it's Mean Girls, Snatch Game, and Frozen Broadway—the <laughs> gayest episode in the history of RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: So, did you know Ru going in? No. Oh my God! So
0: you. But I did do my Valerie Cherish impression for her, and during one of the like little breaks, and uh, I started talking like Valerie Cherish, and Ru lost it, and it made me so happy. I was like, I got Ru to laugh.
1: Yes, the most iconic laugh too ever yeah <laughs> that's amazing so were you always like a fan of drag race before yeah, are you kidding?:
0: we're obsessed like we watch every episode like of it's course. our football like we know every season every episode every country <laughs> we get like it's our favorite thing in the world yes well miss jinx monsoon is coming back to Jinx is coming back and jackie cox jackie cox has a one-man show in new york right now
1: oh fantastic is it's that called, like call me
0: gorgeous or something It's up right now. It's playing for the next, like, two weeks. Oh, my God. And it's really, really good. Check
1: it out. Fierce. I love me some Jackie Cox.
0: Love. Jackie Cox was the entertainment at our wedding.
1: Oh, no way. When we
0: got married, Jackie Cox sang on a white baby grand piano love songs for the cocktail hour.
1: Oh, sure. Just
0: casually. Wait, okay, Casually just having a RuPaul star sing at your wedding.
1: Sure. Wait, I must ask, too. How did you and James meet?
0: I interviewed on his show, Celebrity Page. He was a host at the time. I came to promote Halloween Wars on his show, and we met on camera during an interview and fell in love, and it was over.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> you yep. were like, well, it was like, that's, yep, that. that's it. Oh, my God. I yep. love it. Wow. Well- Jonathan, you are an absolute delight.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you
1: so, so much for coming on the pod. Would you tell the listeners where they can find you on socials? Sure, Jonathan D. Bennett on Instagram
0: because I don't really use the other ones because what? I'm 42 years old and I can't figure them out. So follow (laughs) me on Instagram like a normal person. Yes, perfect. (laughs) Thank you so, so much. Thanks, Jake. Thank you so much.
1: You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye.